we're having the same conversations we've had weeks and weeks and weeks uh, worth. <laughs> but it, it's like anyone listening to us is like going, this is where they do the Snyder rag. And here's where they jump on JJ. Jump on JJ, by the way, is one jump of my on favorite JJ. games. I used to do that at uh, birthday parties. Okay, kids, it's time for Jump on JJ. Yay! Yay! <laughs> That was a good uh, name, Mr. Jones. It's going well. I will explain the hoodie. I'm wearing the hoodie for two reasons. What? What? Do you- I'm counting. Oh, I didn't know <laughs> what that like was. Tra- they were like going, are you? But hold on. <laughs> but hold on. That's what I look like. The two reasons yeah. are one, a crazy bedhead, and I don't. I don't want. You know, it's nuts. Tell me about and it. And two, I haven't finished my manifesto yet, so I'm still working on it. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm doing my uh, Unabomber. Come yeah. on. Yeah. It's also my Marvel hoodie, and it's nice and warm. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what do we have in the docket today? We've got that that, <laughs> that, that new uh, that new James Gunn uh, DCU story that dropped a few days yeah. ago, which is pretty fascinating. Again, like, I mean, we, we, were, we talked about this on the show a few episodes ago. We started off the show speculating about the DCEU. Not 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 having any idea that James Gunn was about to be hired to uh, right. to do whatever he's about to do. That was like and, the day after we talked about. It. I was right? Like, what? Oh, what? Hey. And then this the speculation continued. Are they going to reboot? And if for just to give you brief uh, catch up, listeners, Brendan and, mm, Brendan and I are pretty much in full agreement that the DCU should be fully rebooted if they really want to do well, something special with it. Because I talked to, I, I, we always mention these people. We mention Jerry a lot because he's a friend of ours. Yeah. I mentioned John a lot because we yes. podcast together every uh, week and you've listened to plenty of those. So it's like, you know, John and John, you know, he's got very educated opinions about comics and comics film and I did because we had talked that I talked to John about this and I was like, yeah, I think they're d- he's I think they're doing what I said. It's like, I think they're just wiping the slate clean. And he goes, no, I don't think it's that. <laughs> well, I mean, it is true that we're hearing a lot of rumor because sure. literally he hasn't said Cavill is out. However, no. the scrapping of Wonder Woman three, um, which hadn't really it was in the early, early stages and pretty much the it does seem like he's saying let's start over let's start fresh they might keep cavill i like cavill give him a good superman movie i think it will suck and not be good optics because the internet was all excited cavill's coming back but if you have that guy he quit the job at the witcher to do superman and then to have james gunn go thanks henry we don't really need your services uh, about that (laughs) <laughs> that will suck and it will not it will not be good PR. What I think would be nice, and I and I say this as somebody who's not a, a fan. It's like an of, edible arrangement, like one of those like big cookie things with something written on it and maybe those uh like uh yes. like candy flowers. Yes, that but would also, be nice. Oh some, you're talking about something else. <laughs> um I, I did not like Man of Steel or or be Batman oh. Superman, right? We as, oh. as listeners of this show know already. But I, w- I do think it would be nice because we, we saw the direction that they've already hinted at the direction that they're going to go if they do make the, another Man of Steel movie. I think it would be nice if, if they are going to move on from Henry Cavill's incarnation of the character to give yeah. him a, a one more movie to sunset to kind of and also to kind of have just put a button on the whole Snyder 
era. But I maybe I would not blame James Gunn and Peter Safran if they don't want to do that. But I think, it would be nice. I mean, it, it's, it, it seems drastic, but to people like myself who feel he did say, and it's not, I'm paraphrasing, but it was a direct James Gunn quote where he said, um, because again, he's being asked lots uh, of questions because everything that drops seems pretty drastic and amazing. But he said, I want to fix what didn't work. And, and so he's basically saying like, look, I understand people are fans. There are people that loved all this stuff. Uh, and it's not that I'm anti Snyder. He goes, I just want to fix what didn't work. And he's basically saying, I, uh, he's got his own vision. Yeah. And I have a feeling that, Unless he takes it in a totally wacky direction, which I, you know, I have a little bit of a fear of that, but I, I don't think he will do that. No. I think he is smart enough as a creator to say every project should fit the character, should not fit the director's vision. A la Snyder said, this is my Superman. He ain't your daddy, Superman. Man, I'm making this dude awesome. I think make the the talent the directors that they will choose, the writers they will choose, the actors they will choose, service the character because any fan of the character will appreciate that. That will mm -hmm. equal box office. That's yeah. one thing that Marvel has done very well, even when it meant firing someone like Edgar Wright, who is an amazing director, Kevin Feige going, this is going to be too Edgar Wright, and I need this to be an Ant-Man movie. And so I, I know that some people rank rankle at that, especially film students and so forth make movies your own movies certainly if you're a director person out there do them if you are servicing these characters which i don't like calling them ip yes i know they are ip but they've been around for so long most of these that they yeah. deserve your respect and yeah. that's the problem is we don't want to reinvent the wheel what we want is a fucking awesome wheel Yes. So it's yeah. like, in other words, give me Superman. Give me that guy. Yeah. Uh, and put the sign verisimilitude above your desk, uh, like Donner Please. did. And just uh, make a Batman movie that's awesome. Like the Batman was pretty much exactly what I wanted with nitpicks here or there. And do the same with each character. And if you're going to have them meet, work it out. Because it can yeah. be. It's been done in the comics. This is just what we said yeah. before. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that's what games uh, game Gun is is doing is, or at least that's what he has in mind, is starting fresh. And it so will too. piss those Snyder bros off like it, crazy. It is, that, that was one thing he said in his Twitter response, which was really cool that he did that. that he responded to the article on, on Twitter. Um, what he said, in case you're not familiar, he said, uh, you know, well, some things are true. Some things are not true. Some things are half yeah. true. Some things we haven't decided if it's true yet or not. So it's like, take your pick. It's it's still I just really totally speculative. Like, I really like the way he, in one of his responses, because, you know, people are out there getting their their um, Twitter likes and so forth by speculating, but sounding like they know. And he was like, insiders? Like a question mark. He goes, it's just the two of us in a room. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> yeah. outside of me and him. There are no insiders. It's like yeah. unless a delivery guy who brought us lunch was listening at the door. This is not what he actually said, but I mean, it's that kind of thing. It's like there's right. no, there's no one else that knows what we're actually considering. 
So take that with a grain of salt when you hear people going, oh, man, Gal Gadot looking for work. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I hope he saved up because he's never wearing that Black Adam suit again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm really curious still about The Flash if it's even going to be released. I know. Because what a waste of money. What a waste of Michael Keaton's return to the suit. But Ezra Miller, man. That's well, there's that. And there's still the 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 Aquaman movie. It's still that's coming out at the end of next the year. The only or, two I think yeah. that are guaranteed is Shazam two because you know trailers already yeah. out and Blue Beetle is Blue guaranteed, Beetle. right? And I'm so really you, looking forward to Blue Beetle. I wish I was more might, excited for Shazam two. Do you think you might even scrap the Aquaman movie? Is that I think that in post production now? Yeah, I, I think maybe uh, because pre-gun there was all that jibber jabber about that movie was almost finished but they went back for reshoots to get ben affleck's batman in there because they were bringing him back and now they're like going maybe we're just going to cut all of that out and not worry about having ben affleck and just do aquaman too but i don't know no one knows yeah the more i mean the more i think about it and just seeing what they've done so far and what he's saying too he's being she's still being very you know coy and for for of good reason, but but if I were him, and this all depends on what kind of freedom he and Saffron have been given, I mean, but think that they they do. If have you were pretty... him, would you dye your hair, or would no. you or would you leave it that luscious like old man white he's got? No, I would leave it like your beard. I would just say, hey, this is me. <laughs> I have dyed this. I'm I I don't want to embarrass myself <laughs> on like for the eight <laughs> listeners. But uh, before some of our shows, I have done the like just for men. It doesn't go oh, really? black or anything. But yeah, it is so white. And I'm like, I'm only 53, he said, uh, for another few months. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, look, sometimes I want it a little bit darker because I'm a fat guy and a white beard. And I just it's this time of year. I don't want children <laughs> sitting on I don't want children sitting on my lap and telling me what yeah. they want. My way of dealing is I just shave it a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to. Have you never? So, you've you, you've had. I'm, you've, I'm to- almost totally white. The the hair that. Oh, the, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, a little bit but in my you, mustache. A little dark in my mustache. Still, you but, you but. dallied with uh with facial hair, didn't you? Uh, I'm not, here and there. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've, and your I've, I've your eyebrows case. don't have like I've got salt and pepper eyebrows now too. At the very least, yours are just kind of yeah. solid, but these are got like white streaks in them, and I'm like, dude, should I just? I'll just dye my hair blinding white and I'll be Roy Batty and Blade Runner. Yeah. I think think James Gunn's white hair looks freaking cool. Actually, Um, it does. It's, um, it's, and he's got it all shocked up. That's the way to do it. Anyway. But I, I, if I were him and Saffron, I, this is kind of the chance of a lifetime. And it's what a lot of people have been waiting for is like, they have a chance to really do it right from ground. I keep saying ground zero from, from, (laughs) From the from the from the get go, they they can do anything they want. I would assume uh, going forward, and why not as as do that? Because we were speculating before before we knew Gun was coming on. We were speculating could they reboot the DCU using Matt Reeves as Batman, the Batman as yeah, as, 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 the, as a foundation. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to do that. And now I'm kind of thinking they shouldn't, not because it couldn't work. I do think you know to to, to again. I know it's a controversial uh, topic, but I do think it could work. Easy, tone. easy. <laughs> We've talked about tone on stuff. It could, mm-hmm. but I think it would be better. Why not just totally clean now? Just let let Gun 
do the Batman he wants to do. Let Matt Reeves keep his Dude, universe. You're, you're preaching to the choir because yeah. the 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 Penguin series is already filming. So Matt Reeves's universe is probably going to continue to be Matt Reeves's universe. And that's yeah. fine because I really enjoyed what he did with Batman. Whether okay. or not it ends up being Pattinson meeting the rest of the Justice League someday under gun, who knows? But I agree. Multiverse has been introduced and audiences are really, I was talking about this with John, even non-comics fans, they're really not thrown by it. It's like they will go see a Batman movie and not worry about this nonsense. I'll be like, oh, this is the Joker in this one. Oh, I like this Joker. Yeah. It's like, okay. They don't have to sit there going, oh, no, wait, this doesn't match up to the continuity of the previous. They don't care. For one thing, we've all seen 85 James Bonds. Uh, I know. So I, I, I agree with you. I always say keys to the kingdom. You're talking about, you know, starting over fresh. I, I sit there going, that's what Snyder was given. And Snyder did his thing with the keys to the kingdom. It's just exactly what I didn't want, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> There's some amazing action sequences. I mean, Batman's a badass in parts of Justice League. There there are moments, and we've talked about that Superman scene with the Flash. I mean, that's that's pretty great. But sure, yeah, yeah. there are little moments, moments I enjoyed. There mm -hmm. were moments in Man of Steel. I'm like, oh, that's not... Yeah. But those are few and far between. <laughs> right, yeah. It's just, he got the keys to the kingdom, and I felt he squandered them on trying to broify or badass the dc universe which doesn't need it the characters right. are both badass but they're also wondrous mm -hmm. and and hopeful even the badass like batman is a character about hope reeves got that at the end of it you have batman helping flood victims i'm like come on that's it was such a nice touch yeah i yeah it was more than touch. I mean, that was basically one of the major premises. Yeah, the of big the points is like you can't yeah. just be this uh, fearsome thing to criminals. You also have to be a symbol of hope for the the. You don't want to scare the innocent. It's like that's not yeah. your job. You're yeah. protecting them. And I was like, well, yeah, man. good point, good point, Mister Reeves. And I yeah. applauded like this in the theater. There, there's so many things I'm excited for with him, what he might do. And I, I long years ago, I thought that after I seen, seen Gardens of the, of the Galaxy mm -hmm. and what a great, you know, it is goofy, but it's got a lot of heart and it's just yeah, good, yeah. good writing. And I, I got to say the, the first, um, what, 10 minutes of that are almost as emotionally hard as the first 10 minutes of Up. You know, oh. anytime you have like instant death kind of thing, you're like, wow. What, what that is, whole is thing, the opening? I can't remember, I'm trying to remember. Is it, is it Gamora? Is it, is that, no, 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 no the, the opening is, is his mom. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank and, you. Yeah, and I you see young Peter Quill and she's dying and he's so upset, but also scared. And she's like, just hold my hand. Just yeah. hold my hand, Peter. And he can't bring himself to do it. And that's very real. I mean, yeah. he loves her, but it's he's too scared. So he right. runs out of the hospital and then immediately gets abducted by <laughs> he immediately yeah. gets abducted by Yondu and the Ravagers. So you're like, yeah, oh, that, that's, that's good. That is his brilliance is that he, he there's a lot of goofiness in that. There's in a lot of heart in characters. the Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. But he but like, you're right that he established that foundation of, of the, uh, the seriousness or the, mm -hmm. you know, the, 
the realness of these characters that's underneath their 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 bravado. And, and there are and surprisingly touching moments in Peacemaker. Yeah. yeah, he's just he's a good creator, and his preference or the thing he leans on his strength is a, an absurdist viewpoint. Like yes. he did say, he did say, like, look to me. He goes, I love that that big article he wrote around the time of Peacemaker where uh, I guess it was an interview. And he said, I love superheroes with all my heart, but they're also the stupidest thing ever invented. And he, <laughs> and he said the, 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 the thing that summed it up was he goes, the scene with in Peacemaker where he walks into that restaurant and he's in his full costume and the other guys are like, Jesus, man, no yeah. chill at all. It's like, what? He goes, <laughs> what? This is my uniform. Yeah. And he goes, that is what it would be like. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that, he's that's like, a little touch of verisimilitude. World, yeah. yeah. That touch of verisimilitude, just like Superman, the movie, you still have yep. a pimp going, <laughs> say, Not Jim, bad outfit. Yeah. Whoa, that's a bad outfit. People first have reaction. to comment. Yeah. You do see a man fly, which would freak you out. But you would also, in the back of your mind, go, he is wearing form-fitting lycra. I think I can see his junk. I still, and what's with the cape? Like, capes? What's yeah. that about? That's what I love about that scene is he, you know, the two woos that you talk about that that, that actor gets. Oh, yeah. That he gets two woos. He's, he's looking and look, watching him fly up, but it still seems like he's just more reacting to the outfit than the fact yeah, that he's yeah, holding. It's like, yeah, it's not like, I don't care that he just took off into the sky. I'm like, red, blue, yeah, yellow. That's a nice outfit. Woo! <laughs> Who's your tailor? <laughs> Woo! But this is why I'm, I'm excited for Green Lantern under this new... Um, Green Lantern is such a goddamn great character because and he needs respect. Yeah, it's also it's it's he's kind of a weird, very weird, strange character with a strange back backstory, strange origin, and strange powers. That I think I don't know if Gunn would wind up directing that one. I think he should. I think he should direct Green Lantern. Um, But I I I can't wait (laughs) to see that. Of course. I cannot wait. Well, aren't they still doing the... Well, no, I bet they've shut that down, too. They what? got very close to doing a Green Lantern Corps um, HBO Max show. Oh. And it was going to focus on Jon Stewart. Or no, maybe it was Guy Gardner. But it was going to be like an actual weekly show that dealt with the entire core. Oh, which neat. is kind of the... I, I mean, the pitch when I'm all I'm going back to my Green Lantern thing when I was trying to sell it or at least tell my manager to try and sell it back in when I was in L.A. Mm-hmm. I kept saying, I know it seems a little out there, but I said, it's just Superman uh, meets cops. I mean, I was I was like going, it's it's Star Wars as a police procedural that's it that's it it's alien police force is the idea and are their powers weird yeah but the great thing about it the reason i chose that character i've never written a superman script because the character means too much to me and i'm not sure i'd do it well and whatever but green lantern is such a natural i thought way back in the 90s because effects have gotten to that point Effects have gotten to that point where, yeah, he's a space cop whose ring can make anything. So the visuals 
anything you can imagine. I had a scene in mine where he goes up against at uh, one point. It's not a major part, but he's stopping some drug smugglers in a plane and he uses his ring to make a giant can opener that yes, that, that. Yeah. that opens the plane in mid flight. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like going because you can. That's the great mm. thing. Visually, he should be the most awesome cinematic superhero of all time. Mm-hmm. And all of his buddies, all of his fellow cops, every kind of alien you can imagine. Yeah, There were parts of that terrible movie. I mean, I was like, that's good casting on Sinestro. He looks great as yes. Sinestro. And I was like, Kilowog looks pretty good. And Michael love- Clark Duncan doing the voice, great. I, I was like, Kilowog they was great. look good. Tomar yeah. Ree, all the main ones. I'm like, yeah, great. Sure. But it's just in service of a terrible, <laughs> terrible yeah, script. Yeah. That was the best part of the of the film was when he gets was, to, yeah. to Io, Oa. right? Oh, Oa. Oa. Oa, sorry. I'm going to say Yeah, that. with the, the Guardians and uh, the, Guardians the whole training, the, Gal- the training sequences Guardians and stuff. Guardians of the Universe, sorry. Right. The training stuff I thought was great. Yeah. And like you said, Kilowog and Sinestro, I think I thought were perfectly cast and and, and realized. And I will say they didn't stuff. shy away from they didn't shy away from the character. It's just, again, bad script. And yeah. the director is like, I'm not really much of a superhero fan. I was like, well, <laughs> by all means, you well, should be helming this. You yeah. should be helming this. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say that some of the Marvel directors, I've uh, they usually pick people that are like, all right, maybe I didn't grow up with this stuff, but I learned what was awesome about it. Sure. I just they're just they've got really good taste as far as who they pick. And that's a yeah. Feige thing. Right. John and I are of the opinion that Gunn and Saffron together make one Kevin Feige. Because Kevin Feige is a unicorn that you're never going to find again. A yes. guy who's not only the diehard fan, knowledgeable diehard fan, who also is a really good producer, who knows mm-hmm. how this stuff needs to work on yeah. a technical, financial, all these sides. So you're like going, that's just never going to happen again. But DC, yeah. or at least Warner's, has made a smart decision. They have found a guy who's the business dude and the guy who's the creative guy who loves this shit. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. together they make a Feige. And like you said, I am cautiously excited about yeah. the future of the DCEU, <laughs> even though John still wants them to not scrap everything. And I'm like, no, I actually this, think it's the way to go. Yeah. And this is why I think John uh, did say something uh, on, I think it's in his Twitter thread, that, his Twitter uh, post about this, where he said something like, we and, you know, we can't, unfortunately, we, we can't please everybody sort of thing. You know, some fans are going to be disappointed no matter what we do. And that yeah. seemed to be, this is speculation again, but I, I think he's addressing the, the Snyder fans. Like, sorry, guys, you know, it's not going to go the way you think it's your whole thing, unfortunately. I brought this up with, with, uh, with John as well. Did you see that? Well, I mean, I try not to go on Twitter anymore. Thanks to yeah. Mr. Musk and all yeah, the yeah, people yeah. that are back on Twitter. Oh, I that's know. great. Let's open those people up again but uh, i don't some snyder like there are groups of snyder fans that are organized and they're very they feel very empowered because they got their you know snyder cut so now they were starting a some sort of campaign where it was like was it anti whatever the next dceu movie or or maybe it was anti whatever the next the first james gunn movie for dc don't go see it we're all going to not go see it. We're going to 
teach them a lesson. It's like, don't give them your money till they give a Snyder back. And I think it was Gail Simone, the uh, comics writer, and she's great. She's a, a great comics writer, and she's very smart, very funny. Uh, wow. And her response was, what is with you people? <laughs> was, I mean, it's just exactly that. She's like, what, where does this hate come from? Or the, the weird um, club mentality. It's like, he's the only one that should touch those characters. And I just love her going, yeah, what is your deal? Yeah. Wishing, you know, it's like people work on these movies and hopefully they get paid for them. But it's not you just saying, take that. We we're going to sit in a corner and go until we get another Snyder movie. It's like support the characters. Yeah. You can be disappointed. I've gone to see with the exception of Batman V Superman. I've gone to see every DC movie and always wanted it to be good. It's like, come on. And, and I've mildly enjoyed like three of them. Uh, and was, and I still think casting is pretty good. Like, like I said before, I like Zachary Levi as Captain Marvel and I will call him Captain Marvel. He's a good casting choice. The movies aren't, or that movie wasn't that great. Momoa, I like him, not necessarily as Aquaman, but I just like that guy. And so I found Aquaman fairly entertaining. Gal Gadot is luminous and just lights up a screen. And I really enjoyed Wonder Woman one and mildly liked Wonder Woman 1984. And there it's like, there's not, it's not all bad. Black Adam. I found to be passably entertaining. Wow. It's just, you just, it's all by comparison. They all look like crap next to Marvel. Yeah. Well, it's just a, it's just a big cluttered mess. And I think that's what I would think that's what they want to correct. And you can't really do that unless you clear the slate, you know, yeah. Could they well, keep Cavill? Sure. But it's just going to be weird if, if he's around in a new, playing a different version of Superman, you know? Yeah, it's, just, it's like, um, uh, it would be great. And they just, you have someone else completely different show up as General Zod and just not even have him mention yeah. anything. Right. It's like, I'll stop you, General Zod. I don't know how you got out of the Phantom Zone. And then all the audience is going, isn't that the character whose neck he snapped? <laughs> right. How did... Yeah. How did the dead man come back, and why is he now played by someone who isn't Michael Shannon? Yeah. Who, by the way, was a great General Zod. Great sure. choice. Sure. In yeah. a terrible movie. <laughs> this, is, this was, uh, and speaking of somebody who, who I, I, I quote him a lot because I love his show, uh, John Campion. Um, Would you he, stop with that? Jesus. Is <laughs> well, he paying you? Is he paying no. you? He's just, I, I love the guy because he's just really, really good at what he does. But, yes. uh, He's he's notoriously a huge defender of Man of Steel, but mm. he's also in recent shows I've seen him a big supporter of rebooting DCU at this point. Even as much as he would love to see another Man of Steel, it's like if this is the way they're going and it's a better way to go, they've kind of got to send Henry Cavill on his way. As much as I love the guy, but that uh. he and he and Robert Byron, Meyer Burnett were were in agreement that they think it would be cool to start actually start this new thing with a Justice League movie. Like, don't do the individual films first. Just start with a, an ensemble film? Well, isn't film? that kind of, in a way... Well, if they're starting completely fresh, then absolutely. Why not? Uh, and you'll have already... Because they're planning these things in advance, you'll have already set up the individual movies with directors uh, before you do this. But it would be a great way to introduce them all. It's like, here you go. 
and we won't right. worry about backstory as to or maybe there's a quick shot of like remember that time we all met great let's keep going we have to fight starro the conqueror but they actually already did starro and the suicides oh wait it won't matter so who knows yeah. i mean i think it would be good i i always say the marvel cinematic universe obviously was happenstance but it looks like an excellent design start with like the the c-string character but do a really great movie and then just link them for a little bit before you do your team movie but at this point we're late in the day the race has already been run by marvel so maybe do a kick-ass justice league movie that forces everyone to go oh this is just our new versions yeah, and I was skeptical because they they rushed into Justice League so quickly with this, the Snyder stuff, um, but that was the Snyder stuff. And the, the example that they were presenting, which I thought maybe kind of think, oh, maybe they're right, because at first I was like, no, you got to do you've got to do Superman and Batman all stuff first before you do that. But they they just pointed out just by way of example, like movies ensemble cast movies like like Star Wars and Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Suicide Squad of the Suicide Squad, I should say. The, these movies that really set up an ensemble cast really well and make well, you care. Well, I will about say it, that's another you know? strength of Guns, which wouldn't it's surprise exactly. me if they do start with Justice League. Is he gets ensemble stuff really well? Well, uh, even Peacemaker, which is about that t- titular character, he wasn't just going to have Peacemaker John Cena running around, so he he filled it with all these great supporting characters the government guys working with them and and you know vigilante still not my favorite take on that character but anyway um you know it was all how they play off each other informs each character and that's the way it should always be i still think for a long time justice league marvel as a comic uh company from the 60s on, one of the great things was making the characters very individual. Therefore, they could really play off each other. It's like you knew from their voice, Peter Parker speaks differently than Benjamin J. Grimm, the thing. And you're like, great, these are all different characters. It took DC a long time to figure that out. DC, their characters, as awesome as Superman and Batman were, from the 60s and the 70s, their characters are virtually other than the powers and the costumes, they're all like in Justice League, you'd read it. It's great there. Would you get the dog out of there? <laughs> um, but it's just them going, they speak exactly the same. It's like, you two team up and go get that sacred object. We'll go get that sacred object and we'll meet up at the end and fight this guy. It was, uh, I think Mark Wade uh, wrote Justice League Year One. Did you ever read that? That's from um, the 90s. No, I don't think so. He was probably the first one to redo an origin of the classic Justice League where he did give them all very specific individual personalities. And so that's where Hal Jordan becomes like he's the cocky test pilot. And why is he friends with the Flash, which they were always famously friends? They're very different. That's the reason they're friends. Barry Allen is very bookish uh, and nerdy. But Hal can't help but love that guy. Aquaman is really socially awkward because he spent so much time in Atlantis. He doesn't even know how to pitch his voice because sound travels differently underwater. So they're all like going, you're going to have to speak up, man. And he's like, oh, sorry. Was I muttering again? And it's like all of them have personalities. And you're like, this is great. And it was and 
John Jones, Martian Manhunter. This was, of course, Whoa. them without Superman or Batman yeah. being original members. So it was just that core. And instead of Wonder Woman, Black Canary, who replaced her as being the founding female member. But it just worked so well. And I'm like, that's the way to do it. If you're going to do it, James Gunn knows how to write disparate personalities having to work together. He did it great. And obviously guardians, he did it great in the suicide squad. Yeah. Um, so if he decides to go a justice league route to launch it, I'll be the first in line. Not, dude. not a bad idea. Actually. It, no. ma- it makes me think too, of we, we've talked about teen Titans before with the, the early 1980s run with George Perez that started off with an ensemble, you know, yeah. group. And then, then it split off into the, you know, the annual, the special, the individual character ones. It's true know? because they, they did introduce new characters. Now it's not like Robin or Wonder Girl or Kid Flash needed any, no. or even, well, Beast Boy, who was reading Doom Patrol, except for me back in the day. Right. But they, those characters were so established, but it was great to be introduced. Boom. Issue one of New Teen Titans. Who the fuck is Raven? She's mysterious. Who the fuck is a Starfire? She's hot. Who the fuck is Cyborg? He's awesome and sad. And then they did. They all got their individual like spinoffs. And you're like going, that was a great way to do it. Because yeah. we have comfortable, familiar characters that we can go, oh, I know everything I need to know about these guys. But watching them interact with these newbies. And they were brought together by Raven. So the early issues are all about, why did you get us together? What is this about? You have to stop my demon father. Okay, oh, great. Yeah. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. That was great. Um, yeah. oh, I'm Beast glad Boy that we're in agreement. changeling to me. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I love that. I, but, but he was originally Beast Boy. I know. Changeling. He was changeling. Name, and then he's back to being Beast Boy. Yeah. And then I think people just call him Gar. <laughs> Garfield Gar, that's Logan. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do love classic Doom Patrol, so yay. Yeah, so I'm glad we're in agreement on how they should fix things. And again, my phone is listed. If Mr. Gunn needs to give me a call, I'm here. I know it's got to be a burden. You're trying to figure out what to do with the DCEU. I'm here to help. Yeah. And I might even take the hood down just for you, James. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, so I'm excited for that. And it is all just rumor now. It's all just rumor. Right. Um, on the the question of rebooting, and this mm. is something I, I, I unfortunately, there's another franchise that I think I'll should entertain this right idea. I'll reboot you right in the ass. Well, we, we, you, you mentioned on one of the early shows that you wish that they could just redo the Star Wars prequels, like maybe as an animated thing or something, just to tell the story better. Yeah. And I'm, I, th- I think... There are a lot of people like us who would like them to just scrap the sequels. No, I, I think I think there's even been hints that they're thinking about doing. You that. think so? I've heard I've heard rumors Donate. on that. I I will say if they did that, it would be a shame to write out of existence those characters. Though I never found a problem. They don't have to. Yeah. No, I never found a problem with the characters. I never found a problem. I loved Ray, Finn, Poe. These are great characters. It's just you don't start a trilogy without a map. You don't. And they had no map. And it's just I thought, you know, I thought the first two and I am going to read that script. John has read the the script that they abandoned that was going to be the third no, movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
I haven't read it, but apparently it's so great that I wonder why didn't J.J. Abrams just say, well, yeah. I'll tinker, but we'll use that. And yeah. But I think it's because he got it, paid to be a writer and director. Right. Um, it was definitely more respectful of Last Jedi. As yeah. much as Trevorrow was not in agreement with Johnson with what he did with the characters. He was, I remember reading a report that he was pissed off that they killed Luke. He's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, that may have been one of the reasons why he eventually left the project. But he was like, "Damn it!" Well, why did I mean, but it? but also he left the project because they said they weren't going to use that script. So I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, it wasn't him going, "I leave." He was like, "I don't like that decision." And they're like, "Well, we're still looking for. We're going to let JJ do it." And then uh, JJ's like, "I don't need his script. I got this." Palpatine. Palpatine. She's a Palpatine. Tappy tap 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 tappy tap. <laughs> and Kylo Ren is um, now kind of a good guy again. Tappy tap. Ooh, they yeah. almost kissed. Tappy tap tap. Now they do kiss. And I'm like, no, none of us wanted that. Also, oh Finn and Poe are regulated to side stories, and Rose is nearly forgotten entirely. Tappy tap tap. I have to introduce female love interests for both of them so people don't get the mistaken impression that they're gay for each other. Tappy tap tap. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, oh, almost Hello. every decision. What's interesting is that I can find good in almost everything. And there are moments in that movie. I mean, the it's ridiculous, but the whole force battle of like, I can pull that ship down. No, I can make it. It's like, okay, that's kind of badass to watch. But I just, there are a few things like with man of steel where almost every decision is wrong <laughs> in, right. in my opinion. And I sit there going, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Don't well, do this. There's, there's, and this is my thing with J.J. Abrams too. That he, he's great, like, like, like Gunn. He's great at, at directing the ensemble casts and casting people who have great chemistry. Agreed. He's got that down. But as when it comes to actually telling, he has problems. You know, he's really fond of telling sci-fi setting stories, but he's he needs to work on that more because he's not very respectful of what it is that makes sci-fi great. Uh, he's well, he's more into action, which I I understand. And Star Wars is more action than it is sci-fi. It's technically not really sci-fi, but George it's Lucas science fantasy. Yeah, but, but George Lucas had rules. His universe had rules that that needed to be obeyed in order for the story to remain cohesive. Mm -hmm. like, and, and hyperspace was a big deal. You couldn't just hyperspace anywhere at any time whenever you wanted to. It was of a process, you know. Just like it says, the very first movie. It's not like Dustin Crops, boy. And but then we got J.J. Abrams. Does that like, mean oh, cool. Han knows bam, what Dusting Crops bam. is like? <laughs> when did Han dust crops? That's a new thing. I'm going to do that. That'll be my yeah. uh, Disney Plus series. Is uh, Han, young Han Solo dusting crops? He's like, yeah. shit. I bet hyperspace travels easier than this. <laughs> <Right>. Sorry, <laughs> but there was a lot of that. Even in Force Awakens, like with the way that that's the whole idea of Starkiller Base was too much. But the the way it it, it manages to blow up five planets. And another system, like in the other end of the galaxy from where it is, and 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 then everybody witnesses it from wherever they are. Like they're the Takodana, whatever the planet is where where Maz's cantina is. They all look up at the sky and see these planets blowing up in a completely different star system. Like no, JJ, no, no, that's <laughs> not how this works. And then the the no, I didn't read the novel, but I read about this. I think it was uh, 
Like it was actually a, a very experienced sci-fi writer who took over the novelization of Force Awakens. Who had they come up with an explanation? Was like, oh, damn it! It okay, it broke the space-time continuum. So therefore, like, it was visible from many spots over the galaxy. Like he, he had to figure out some way to explain it. An <laughs> easier explanation would have been that the what are they? The first order? That was the new thing. The better explanation would have been just that the first order was able to broadcast it. To yeah, atmosphere. That would have made more sense that well, yeah, that, because, that too are yeah. You know, yeah, in yeah. other words, like giant holographic thing, because that way they're advertising they it. it. That's like sure. fear us. Look what we just fucking did. But they could have easily just had it be on, on the news or the Holonet thing of people gathering. They could have done that. that. I still think it could have just been up fine. in the sky. I mean, yeah. it's science fiction, whatever. It's like shoot that uh, to their so no one on the planet misses it. Everywhere you look up, you're seeing a big broadcast. That would be cool. Um yeah. That would be cool. But and then and then you see like somebody's thumb in the picture, like get your thumb away from the camera. Oh, sorry, <laughs> this gigantic <laughs> planet-wide thumb just comes in. Um, no, yeah. I mean there's always a dumb explanation you can come up with, but that is wrong. The, he, I think JJ's thing is he does one he does one fan fictiony. He has one fan fictiony idea that works really well. And then it should always be pa- like future installments should be passed on to- because he did do a great job on Star Trek. I think he did a really mm-hmm. good job of a reset with The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. But I think he has one idea per franchise and he gets it out. And it is always fan fiction because Star Trek is fan fiction of I'm going to do the classic thing and how they all meet. It's my origin story. It's great. It did. Yeah. It worked fine. And same with Force Awakens. But that guy's second, his follow-ups are always terrible. So let him do the first one and get the fuck out. Yeah, I know. Because Star Trek Into Darkness, you know, I'm like, Jesus Christ, you don't jump to Wrath of God. We're having the same conversations we've had weeks and weeks and weeks uh, worth. (laughs) But it's like... Anyone listening to us is like going, this is where they do the Snyder rag, and here's where they jump on JJ. Jump on JJ, by the way, is one jump of my on favorite JJ. games. I used to do that at uh, <laughs> birthday parties. Okay, kids, it's time for Jump on JJ. Yay! Yay! Uh, yeah. Shit. What was I going to say? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, you already mentioned it, that yeah, the big the biggest problem with the the sequels was that they had no plan. Yeah, and but that that kind of highlights the fact that I do as much as I enjoyed Force Awakens when it came out, I'm I'm a little disdainful of it now because of where it went. Because you get people who don't like Last Jedi, and I'm one of those people. I I like things about it. I was disappointed I like, in it. I was I, like I, it. I liked. I was I accepted where it was headed. Unfortunately, it didn't continue in that direction. Yeah, but the whole thing with them saying, "Well, I guess Luke Skywalker has to die now," that was set up because of what JJ did in Force Awakens. Like, how do you explain why somebody who cares this much about the universe or the galaxy and, and his family is to just completely shut himself off on this other planet while this shit's going on? How do you explain that? I, Ryan I, uh, did his best to try to explain that, and that was JJ's fault. They showed it, but he, JJ didn't know. He's like, "Here's here's what's happening. Yeah, oh, you figure it out. It'll be great." And he's probably going, oh, oh, shit. That's not exactly what I had in mind. Damn it. But that's the, that was the problem. But it's like you can't place the blame squarely Well, there on are other mind. ways you could have gone with it. And sure. I do understand people's disappointment 
But I did kind of like the message and the message isn't don't meet your heroes or that your heroes are going to let you down. It's just that chosen one mythology is so pat like the the guiding light uh, can't be assailed. Even Mm -hmm. Arthurian mythos has, you know, King Arthur falls into a funk and the the entire kingdom uh degrades because of the wounds he suffered and then and then he gets taken down like a chump by his own illegitimate bastard son Mordred takes King Arthur down King Arthur doesn't have most of those myths they do have a twilight of the character if 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 you had Luke being this successful like Yes, the Academy is growing. Look at all these wonderful Jedi. <laughs> Welcome, Ray. <laughs> yes, I will fight with you. Um, I don't think that would have satisfied me either. Did well, I no, find that- it? I found their treatment of, of Luke bittersweet, but I didn't find it blasphemous. And I did like the whole thing of Yoda's Force Ghost going, he goes, the Force and Jedi is not about those books. You know, it's about what we've taught and you just have to make sure that it continues. And you have, you've now taught Ray. She can make that continue. And I like that where that's actually a stab at organized religion too. It's like, it's not about the Bible. It's about the lessons. It's about this. It's like you take the moral lessons and you keep that going. So there were things I really liked. I'm a defender. I don't think yeah. it's perfect by any means, and boy, I would have edited some it, of it. But it, it's I like, like it about okay. people have like I don't like what they did. You know, they didn't like uh, Luke having a crisis of faith, uh, yeah, which is yeah, essentially they, what was going on with him. And I understand that, but I do. You know, it is still kind of and this. This you know, Mark Hamill himself was not happy with the way yeah, his I character know. was portrayed. I was like, that's a problem. You know, if if, if Mark Hamill himself doesn't like what he's doing, you got a problem. They should have taken that more seriously. Um, I know that he doesn't write the scripts, but that that was that was the first red flag. I think that they should have paid attention to uh, in the, pr- the pre-production of this. But yeah, I mean, but, it is true that you'd want to uh, kind of take a survey of of where people see their characters going because they know them better than anybody. Except for, I think. Harrison was totally fine with them killing him. So, so yeah, that was the thing. Like going, I don't God like damn it, Just let me out of this thing. Okay, like, my son kills way. me. All right, and I got to say, the worst thing about that third movie was they they never established a good villain. I mean, Snoke was interesting, but we never got to know him well enough. And Kylo Ren being a Darth Vader fanboy is a good idea, but you have to, you have to make that a real thing. And, and their wishy washy thing with him, especially in that third movie, I'm like, there's no redemption arc for the guy who killed his father. No, I I was really angry at that. I'm like, there's no redemption arc for a guy who killed Han Solo. No, it should have been. And is responsible for the death of his mother. He's responsible for Leia's death. They should have treated it the same way Darth Vader was where he, he, the last second he, it was kind of what they did, but there was just they went a little too far with them, them kissing and all that stuff. And, oh, and Jesus Christ! It was so ridiculous. But uh, that scene where he finally turns back to the light, where he sees the memory of his father, that that was that in that scene, I was just really reminded of one of the big mistakes that JJ made, and that's that he should have 
because it was one of the most one of the things that Brian set up that I really loved was in that that final scene where where uh, it's finally revealed that Luke's not there when he's battling Kylo, Kylo or you know standing off against Kylo. Yeah, and Kylo suddenly realizes that he's been tricked and uh, that I he's love that not that actually yeah so yeah great. it's great and he's and then, then Luke says see you around kid and he fades away and I like ooh. That, and that made you. That was the, one of the big promises that Ryan left for the next guy. Is like, here you go. You can do anything you want with this. And JJ did nothing with it. Nothing. Yep. And that, that and Trevorrow had that. It was one of the things in Trevorrow's script that throughout the film, Luke is is haunting Kylo, and giving him you know giving him shit. Which was that's okay. But with that scene where where his not the memory of his dad shows up, that should have been Luke appearing and saying, "Hey, kid, oh. I know you don't want to talk." But hear me out. You know, this you've got a chance here. You know, the, listen to you. your uncle Luke. Ray needs you right now. Go and do the right thing. And that that could have that could have fulfilled his and promise also, of the original film. I know she's hot. No, <laughs> yeah. no kissy, kissy. No kissy. And, and this was the moment that I, I was already not liking the film up until the end of it, but. I knew I'd heard rumors that that Dennis Lawson was going to come back as uh, as Wedge at some point, which I was really Wedge. hoping for the first one. God damn it! Why didn't they give us Wedge? So he that final stupid battle at the end, where there's like every ship in the universe is showing. Yeah, and and I was like, okay, where's Wedge? Where's Wedge? And then all of a sudden, you get one shot, and he's he's in the 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 turret, one of the turrets of the of the Falcon. He says, okay, Lando, let's go, let's get these guys. And I and I uncontrollably just went, oh. But then we never saw him again. That was it. I know. No it's dialogue like, with any other characters. And I was like, and I just sat there steaming for the rest of the film. I was like, you fucking assholes. God damn you. See, a God lot of, a you. lot of, a lot of your issues, which I do get, a lot of your issues are going directly to the heart of a guy who saw those original movies at seven, just like I was, you know, like at seven or eight, we saw the first one and, and we all had, we've all, had fan ideas of what we would really, really want. And yes, I would have loved to have seen a little bit of the in-between moments too. I, I still think that just, you know, the clapping everybody on the shoulders after the thing is hokey, but at the same time, I want that more than anything because you want your characters to be on the other side of it and be humans and just be happy. And it's, 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 very fulfilling. But um yeah, Wedge always deserved more than just like, hey, I'm here. How yeah. you doing? Everybody's right. just showing up. I mean, Lando got more to do well, a little bit, and it was great to see him back. But I mean, like, yeah, is it just fan service or you could actually do story with it? They could have, and this is one of the reasons I think that Wedge they could have been just... one of the generals with yeah. with General Leia. He could have exactly. been right next to her, going like exactly. And he could have said, "We've been through this before." And what do you think, General? Yes. And it's like, well, let's let's look at this. Yeah, he could have been there from the get go. Maybe he's a really get-go. bad actor, and uh, maybe no, he's not as talented no, he's not. as his his uh, nephew. Um, no, he's. I've seen him in other stuff. He is actually really, really, really good. Well, and, then what's uh, their problem? They're idiots, man. They just—it was one of many missed opportunities. JJ, I think he was offered a part in Force Awakens, but it was going to be a tiny role, and Dennis Lawson rightly turned it down. So then, I uh, guess he got—I guess they sweet talked him, and he comes back for a, literally like a, a three-second shot. And that—that uh, that, it wasn't just that the fact that oh, I only got three seconds of wedge. It was that moment that I really—it really sounded good to me that they're just fucking with us here. They're just 
They don't care. They don't care about what they're doing. I think they do, but they're all in service of, well, there's all kinds of things. Studio notes, toy companies. It's like, yeah, yeah, the nostalgia is good, but let's make sure we get the, the new little alien that, works on droids and you know the little guy with the multiple arms got to get him in there we got to make another action figure and i think what they should have done too instead of awkwardly trying to fit in uh the you know the previous footage of of carrie fisher from yeah the other films and and trying to do something oh you found that awkward yeah i thought it flowed perfectly well either rewrite lando's part that he comes back and he's the he's the new general or have Wedge, if Wedge had already been there, it would have made more sense yeah. for him to step up and to take over. It would have been really great. You yeah. Know? So yeah. I, just, I don't understand why they, it was just so weird, the decisions they made. Not only the, the Leia thing, but also the, obviously the Palpatine I thing. I thought it was just, really, I mean, the technology. strange things they had to wrestle with. It's like, why did you do that? The technology yeah. of, of digital recreation is still new uh, and it's getting there. Um, young Leia in uh, Rogue One is pretty well done. And yeah, the only thing, I mean, they could have done something like that or like what they did with young Luke and in, in, uh, Mandalorian. But you also, you're always in jeopardy. I thought that they went too far with um, when you had Peter Cushing, uh, you know, you have Graham off Tarkin and his, he's physically bigger than the guy really was. It's like he was a tiny little frail elderly British guy. And in those scenes where they've recreated him, he's yeah. sort of like towering over. I'm like, <laughs> wow, Peter Cushing got big. Also, yeah. I thought it was really awkward when they had Grandma Moff Tarkin start doing the dancing baby thing from uh, Ally McBeal. I was like, guys, I know that you can make him do anything. <laughs> <laughs> That I'll is right my new re- that is my new request to all Fear. of you nerds we'll out there. <laughs> is find that 3D model they created and please make Grandma Tark and do the baby dance from Ali McBeal. <laughs> yeah. Somebody out there is talented enough to do it. But I mean, they could have done something with that for just a half second if you wanted to have Leia in the background. Or, but it, it, I, I think they should have done the Wakanda Forever thing and and just oh, just just look. started with like yeah. we've lost our because the. Because they, they're they're burdening themselves with something they can't do. It's just like you can't pretend that yeah. she's still alive. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was gone. So I, that that was a mistake, I thought too. But that was only one of many many problems of that film. There were plenty of problems. Yeah, there were yeah. plenty. I blame but, myself. Uh, <laughs> but there, so you've heard rumors that they were thinking about actually somehow trying to retcon the sequels. You know? <sighs> I mean, but that's you, all it is. It is you know? is. No, no, no. It's it's not like coming from anyone on high. It is within. There's some buzz within fan community. Yes, that there's a consideration because, um, you know, you've got Filoni and Favreau, uh, and Kathleen Kennedy is isn't she stepping down soon or something? There's a lot of rumors about that. Yeah. So in new hands, there are people that feel like we can just course correct. We can just correct what went wrong um leave the original trilogy alone but you could tinker with the prequels you could uh tinker with the sequels um and possibly just do them over do them over like actually refilm them you think yeah or yeah yeah well rewrite refilm i wish they would but it's again that's going to lean heavily into cgi i guess at this point or undone 
if they decide not to recast, because there's also the possibility they keep the characters and just say, well, here's your new Ray. Yeah. Here's your new Finn. Mm-hmm. Here's your new Poe. Uh, there, there was a theory that it doesn't seem like they're doing this now, but when, when the, when uh, the Mandalorian was still fresh online and not like it is now. Whew. <laughs> oh, well, it was, it was during the first season. There was a lot of, what speculation. is that? Is that, Oh no, the Mandalorian's gone bad. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> well, cause it, it, was, it was just weird timing that Mandalorian premiered. Like, I think there was two or three episodes before, right before rise of Skywalker came out. It was like, wow, this is great. And then rise of Skywalker came out. I was like, Wow, this is crap. But thank God we had the Mandalorian. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, that. But there was some speculation that maybe they were headed towards some kind of uh, multiverse explanation or how they could have the the sequels <laughs> be sort of explained away as a what if. What if oh. this didn't happen? Because there's some interesting things that happened in the first season of Mandalorian where, well, what if, you know, what if, because uh, in, in the old story, in the old canon, um, I think in the, actually in the new canon, uh, Kylo had been established. It had been established that he was Luke's first, um, first Padawan or first, first, uh, mm. first student in the new, in the new Academy. And then you see him, you know, taking Grogu away at the end of, uh, at the end of, uh, oh, the season that's right. before Kylo had been under his tutelage. But Grogu doesn't so count because oh, he's a weird history. little beast. He's a weird yeah. little beastie man. <laughs> but they, they did hooks like, so he was his first student, but then he, he uh, drops out. <laughs> we see him yeah. drop out at Book of Boba. So, like, damn it! So, I, I, that was one. I mean, side note: that was one decision they made with this I didn't like. It's like I thought it was kind of cool. That's like okay, they they reached the culmination of the story's arc in season one, and then season or season two, I guess. Right? Is it season two? Throughout season two, yeah, season two. That's at the end of season two that he goes off with Luke. Yeah. And, and I thought they kind of established that you don't need to have Baby Yoda in the series to make it an interesting show. But the first episode of the first season, I thought, was great. I, I, wonder, I, wonder, I wonder if, well, except anyway. for the model they're clearly leaning on is Lone Wolf and Cub. Sure. Um, you know, you've got the badass wandering Ronan with his child that he protects, but who's also weirdly capable and it's the same format so i think they sat there going like oh crap we just took away the cub so mm-hmm. we need to bring that back plus it is literally i'm sure studio and marketing and they're like going jesus christ man baby yoda's the biggest motherfucking thing i'm not even yeah. gonna call him grogu you may have given him a name he's still baby yoda and everyone wants him you better put him back in that show yeah and I we just could use a little bit less Amy Sedaris, who I love, but I'm like, yes, why does he keep you. going back? Why does he keep going back to the same docking yeah. bay every single time? It's yeah. like, come on, enough with the comedy. The comedy that that they have worked in generally is good, but also open that universe up. I don't want him going. I only know four people. What? That's an well. Example. They got rid of Cara Dune. We're never going to see her again. Oh God, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. So Which yeah, is the a shame. Thing the Amy. character was cool. Yeah, but uh, the, uh, Amy Sedaris's character is is a good example of of <laughs> how they a, a little goes they, a long way. Well, they they, they, they it's like I don't, I don't, sometimes I think that was Filoni's episode where he I think he was directing the episode where she first appeared. Hmm. And sometimes Filoni and I know Filoni's new to live action. At least he was in that in the show. It was his first live action thing. But he does sometimes just go a little bit too far in the silly silly direction 
And the thing with Sedaris is like, she's, I love her as on her own. Yeah. But in here, she's essentially, it's clear that they were letting her improv and she was improving a lot of her lines. And there's that joke about dating a Jawa in the, in those two episodes. And, and, um, and a book, a book above that where she appears and like, there's no way that was scripted. <laughs> and they just left it in. Yeah. I dated a Jawa. Oh, it's so very hairy. Like, stop. This is not helping anything. You know? <laughs> it really is it and i like the but whole you know, scene the whole idea that, of that scene was everything great, they film becomes canon so now um <laughs> no. i've read a lot of uh a it was very just, sexy fan fiction about that encounter it was just way too much but they they did like i was kind of worried in the first, very first episode of that show where uh um uh, what's his name um damn it oh it. um uh, yeah, uh he's a blue alien guy yeah. From, from SNL. I love uh, Horatio the Sands. Great... Horatio Sands. Horatio yes, Sands. He's so good. He, had, he was good. And I, I was worried that he was going to be too annoying. And, and he really isn't. He's, he kind of plays, he has his character, he plays his character. And then yeah. he, he, then he, he showed, I liked him even more in the second episode he appeared in, I think in the second season. That yeah, you would. When they, when they infiltrate that, that, that Imperial base. Yeah. Um, he was great in that one. So, it's it's, it's Sedaris's character. I like they just gave her a little bit too much freedom and how she played. She just and plays also, like a sassy I think, waitress. Yeah. I do think much. that it is a when you have comic relief characters, you really just need to a little bit. Like I said, goes a long way because I don't think the Mandalorian needs too much comedy. I just don't. Um, choose your moments, but it's all about that dude being a badass. And I want more of him being a badass. Yeah. The, anyway, so the, the theory was, as I was getting really roundabout way to explaining this. That, You're always roundabout. That there was a decision that, that was made in the Mandalorian. This is like the turning point. Like it's like you go one way and it's the sequel. So you go another way and it's maybe a new direction where they can tell a different, different story for these characters. And, but unfortunately it looks like they're not doing that right now <laughs> because they've already said, okay, you Baby Yoda's not his first student because he quit. And um, I don't want a multiverse so. in Star Wars. What's weird is, I mean, it's just a personal preference. I love a multiverse because it's an easy out. Multiverses to me, it's it's comics, and comics is not Star Wars. I do keep these things separate. It's like uh, comics are that. It's craziness. Anything can happen. Star Wars, like you yourself said, have has rules. Um, and I do know that there have been a few flaky things, including in Clone Wars, where they indicate that Yoda had ascended to such a degree that there's some sort of Jedi ascension that goes beyond space and time. And that was one of the fan theories about baby Yoda will actually be Yoda having come back through like on a second go round through time, um, which would have been trippy as all fuck, but you know, it's not necessary. That's the closest I've ever seen them in the star Wars universe. Talk about bending space time continuum as being some force connections. Like, well, yeah, you can go beyond space and time. All right. But they stay away from that kind of stuff. Comics well, leans into it. Yeah, this this is where they there is an exception. This is part of, part of what this theory where the theory came from. That uh, in Rebels, which I know you haven't you haven't watched the whole thing. There's yeah, there's I a scene. Finished the whole thing. They discover at some point uh, Ezra and his 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 uh, friends discover 
that his hair forced, isn't really blue. This this force construction, which is called the world between worlds, and it's essentially oh. some ancient uh, waypoint between. It's like outside of time, and uh, he goes into this thing, and he he sees into the past where uh, Soka is battling Darth Vader in an earlier season of the show, and rescues her because we and then that episode where she battles that there's another episode where he, they, they they encounter darth vader on this planet and they and we don't never find out what happens to ahsoka after that mm. what happens and then then through this this world between worlds thing ezra basically rescues her by pulling her through the portal and uh and darth vader you know just just leaves not knowing where she went and so they have a conversation he says no you, you have to look we can go back now we need you in the in the present you know the current times we, we've we you know it's pretty dire we could use your help and Jisoka's like no you have to send me back you can't I can't do this you've got to put me back where I was but he did rescue her so that there is time travel in canon now hmm. in Star Wars so that was actually that was the turning point where some of these theories were like that's where the new future is for like if, if Ahsoka <laughs> dies then we get the, the sequels <laughs> with the uh, circular base and the first order but if she survives, then maybe all that can be prevented, and there's another storyline. So I love. It's oh so God! This is detailed. just like your your. They never developed microchip technology theories. Well, this is you, not my I, theory. Yeah. Well, I know it's not your theory, but I just love how you're on top of these things, and and you know the the overthinking. At the same time, those are totally acceptable ideas. And whether the people in charge of the films and the TV shows ever follow them, um, I love fans who will go f- turn themselves inside out to make shit work the way they want it to. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is, it's the same as me sitting there going like, well, okay, what if Cavill's super bad? Uh, look, oh, one of the things is like, did you ever read um, sure. Infinite Crisis? from uh not too long ago that was the one that uh jeff johns did there have been so many crises you know that's the whole dc thing is like time for another big crisis yeah but that was the one where superboy prime had superboy prime who was the superboy from our world earth prime oh yeah like in the 80s they decided that that the first superhero that shows up in our world is a clark kent who is a superboy but it's still our world. And he ends up preserved at the end of crisis on infinite earths in the same little quantum bubble that Alexander Luther, the third, oh, the yes, good yes, yes. Luther at the end of right. Christ, he created for the original Superman earth Two yeah. Superman and his aged wife, Lois Lane, because they shouldn't be wiped out of existence. So he makes it, it's like, I'm going to protect all of this in this little bubble. And that includes Superboy prime, Superboy prime in Jeff Johns's thing, uh, loses his mind because he can still watch what's happening in the, in the, dcu and he's like i'm trapped in here with this old man (laughs) version of me uh this old lady who's still dying even though we're trapped in this quantum bubble she's on her way out and alexander luther he's no fun and so basically he he sees is manipulated by outside sources who are trying to make him go crazy he sees something terrible happen in the dcu and he's like no so he starts banging on the wall 
of the multiverse. He starts banging on the the weird bubble that they're in against the walls of it. And Jeff John, this is like a this is crazier than a Grant Morrison idea. Somehow the power of Superboy Prime doing that starts affecting continuity. It was Jeff Johns' way of saying that a lot of the weird shit that had happened in DC Universe continuity were because of the the echo effect that were the ripple effect of Superboy Prime beating on the wall of the multiverse. And then he breaks through into DC proper. And he's insane. So Infinite Crisis is all about Superboy Prime becoming the most powerful supervillain that's ever been. And everyone has to team up to stop Superboy Prime, including classic Superman and current DC Superman. So I I just love that as as a like as a fan theory going crazy. But that's an actual comic creator going Superboy Prime. Basically, the power of his punches fucked up the time stream. Fucked up continuity. Bam, bam, So he was locked in this this pocket universe just with those two other people or three other people. There was no society or or civilization or anything. Them just hanging out. I guess they didn't need to eat or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, of course. And plus he's watching. I think he watched his girlfriend from Earth Prime. He watches her die or something or his force away. He's like, no, I've been stuck here. I can't do anything. And yeah, he becomes. Way to go, Luther. He becomes, <laughs> <laughs> he becomes evil, and I think at the end of it, super, both supermen have to punch him through a red sun just to de- deplete his powers enough, and then they basically beat him to death. No, they don't beat him to death. They end up putting him in some cube prison, Jesus. and he carves the – because his armor's been stripped, but he was wearing the armor of the anti-monitor. He actually took the anti-monitor's um, armor and wore it on his own self. So he's that's like, kind of cool. It yeah. is a cool visual. Uh, but then the armor's been torn off. He's been subdued. They put him in some cube, and there are green lanterns assigned to watch his prison. They're prison guards. And it's just him. He's like, you think this is going to do anything to me? He goes, I was stuck in a that crystal thing forever. He goes, I'm good with solitary. And he carves the S into his own chest. So in his bare chest, it's all very, but um, what was the point? Oh, the point was just like, man, that's a batshit theory as far as like, why not just have Yoda in the place between worlds going, don't like, like me, no. Uh -uh." (laughs) And then takes his little, his little wooden stick is like, Boom, boom, boom. Fixed it. Yeah. I did. Yeah. So That's think- why I wore the hood, too, is so I could do an effective view. <laughs> it it all, it, it's I all did. coming together now, yeah. Fixed so, it. So you think they should just redo it without an explanation? Just, just tell a new story and say, deal with it? I guess they would have to explain it. Yeah. I mean, it, it does seem like a big insult to everyone who was involved in the previous, you know, trilogy. I don't know. I think most of those acts. I mean, we we know that John Boyega is really pissed at at how it turned out. Yeah. And we've even had Oscar Isaacson go, yeah, that was a wasted opportunity. I wish it had gone differently. I think Daisy Ridley is still playing the nice game to some degree, going, well, I'm very proud of the work we did. It's like that wishy washy, like, I don't want to say what I really think. And we know that Mark Hamill wasn't pleased. 
Mm-hmm. But if you redid it, it, you wouldn't have Leia. Because yeah, unless they digitally replace her. It's kind of too late now. Yeah, right. And Harrison ain't coming back. The thing is, that Rise of Skywalker is it's quite amazingly, this is one of the most impressive things about the film, is that it pissed off everybody. <laughs> people who love The Last Jedi, people who hated The Last Jedi, people who are on the fence about Last Jedi, all hated this movie. <laughs> John, it, unfortunately, it did kind of bring us together. It, it, John, in his in his secret dreams, he wishes that Rise of Skywalker was a physical living person, specifically male, so that he could walk up to it and knee it in the balls. Okay. So that's what they would agree with. Excuse me, are you Rise of Skywalker? Why, yes. Oh, oh, oh. So that is that's one thing what he, he agrees with you on as as being in. Well, actually, I'm short. I'm nicer on that movie, even though it, it's terrible. I'm nicer yeah. to it, even though I know all the things it did wrong. It still wraps up a story in a way. Uh, but he will never watch that thing again. Whereas yeah, I, you know, I've got the Blu-ray. I, yeah. I don't know. Well, if I, I mean, watch... I even bought I, I, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of Last Jedi. I did buy that. I watched it many times. Because there are a lot of scenes in it that I love. Yeah, um, this, this good stuff. That, including the Phantom uh, Scott Walker thing you know the battle that's on crate. That's badass, great. man. Brushing really the is. dust off his shoulder. That's total samurai movie. Love it. It is great. Yeah, I love the whole thing. I love it. Um, but anyway, uh we should wrap this up cuz we've talked uh 85 yeah. hours and I'm starving. <laughs> it's always how these shows end. I have to eat. <laughs> what are you doing this, to me? Well, here's the thing. I because of of like your body gets into habits and rhythms when I worked at the bookstore pre-covid years i always had my lunch at two and since we start at 2 30 and i've usually already had the chat with uh the producers meeting i have yet to eat it all today and it's now like 4 19 and i'm like going yeah yeah hungry i'm pretty much on the same yeah Mm. (laughs) please don't put that on the can you edit that out (laughs) i'm gonna start the show with (laughs) hungry Mm. (laughs) all right I like the way you, you do pull weird non sequitur stuff to start the show. I like that's pretty great, Chad. Yeah, thank you. I kind of got that. Means from... you had to go back and listen to the whole thing. Well, I, I think of it while I'm editing it, so I, I, that's where I get those. So it's useful. I, I got kind of got that idea from Double Toasted, their channel. They, they every before each clip, they show you something from the middle of it to yeah. kind of get you interested in where it's going. Yeah, that's a smart really, idea. I love that channel too. Anyway, yeah. All, All right, right man. I'll talk to you later. See you, God see bless. Yeah. Right. God bless America. Oh wait, uh, I'm gonna hit stop. Oh wait, you don't <laughs> love America? Is that what I'm hearing? I do. 